This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Welcome into Sports Talk, everybody. This is Pat Daniel on a Friday night coming to you from Columbia, South Carolina. Still trying to connect with both Phil Cornblute. I see Chris connected now. Phil, if you can hear me, we're shooting a flare up in the air, trying to find Phil Cornblute. So anybody out there that has any ideas, if you see Phil Cornblute right now, have him call into Sports Talk, toll-free, 888-898-2525. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Hope everybody had a great day yesterday. Got your belly full of turkey. And now we're turning your attention to the big game this weekend, to the game between South Carolina and Clemson. We've all been waiting all season for. And to help me talk about this, I'm going to bring in Chris Bergen. Not sure if he's back in the Bergie Palace or if he is still in the vacation home in Georgetown. Either way, Chris, hope you're doing well. How are you, bud? I am doing well, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving. And allegedly Phil's with us, too. I can at least hear him in the background. He's evidently uh, gotten rid of his turkey sandwich and ready to join us, too. But to answer your question, I had a tremendous Thanksgiving yesterday. Hope you did as well. Had plenty of turkey. Have not gotten to my turkey leftovers, so I'm saving those until after the show tonight. But excited to be here on a uh, Black Friday talk a little football tonight. That's right. And I do see that Phil has connected with us now. So it's just everybody is still moving a little slowly. All have a belly full of turkey. And whatever that chemical is in there, I can't ever remember it. But whatever the chemical, there you go, that makes everybody a little sleepy, a little drowsy. So now we're going to welcome in Phil Cornblut. And I believe he's somewhere, somewhere along the beach, probably been playing a little bit of golf. How are you, Phil? Uh, I'd like to be playing golf today, but the weather wasn't uh, conducive for playing golf. So we just sort of chilled out. Yeah, you're right. The turkey slows everybody down, though I've been sitting here listening to y'all talk, so I was right here waiting, ready to go, but we're all good to go, and it's time to move on to the weekend, South Carolina and Clemson, version number 120, about to unfold before us. I know everybody is excited. Uh, It's going to be quite the buzz around Williams-Brice Stadium tomorrow night. Not just the normal buzz with the Gamecock and Tiger fans there, but also, of course, the visit from former President Trump will add a little something of a national flair to things. But, of course, the focus will be on everything happening on the field between the lines. The coaches and the players will decide this. Some feel that the Gamecocks' home field, 2001, sandstorm, fan support, will be enough to uplift the Gamecocks. Maybe so, Chris. Maybe maybe that little extra energy, that little extra uh, element of, um, of uh, fight from the fans will be enough for the Gamecocks. But they've got to uh, block better. They've got to protect the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. They've got to find a way to get Xavier Leggett open. They've got to find a way to uh, defend the run better. Clemson, of course, protect the football, put pressure on Rattler. Um, get their running game going, uh, don't rely on their field goal kicking. I think those are some of the key things going both ways. 
And I think one you left out is also a big key. I'm, I'm curious to watch how Cade Klubnik is going to handle this atmosphere and how he handles playing on the road. Klubnik has not had his best games away from Death Valley. He's played very well at home. It's like Spencer Rattler has played awfully, awfully well at home for USC. But there are those occasional times where Cade Klubnik feels like he's in charge of the offense and he ignores what the coaching staff sends into him, and it's cost him more times than it hasn't. Does he play within the system tomorrow night? Does he handle the crowd? Does he manage? Yeah, quarterbacks get upset. They sort of bristle when you call them game managers, but there are a lot of guys who won a Super Bowl by being game managers, and I think that's all he really has to do tomorrow night. Don't make the big mistake. Don't turn it over. Just turn and hand the football off, and when you're called upon to throw the football, just get it out on time and to the few guys you have available to throw it to, and maybe sometimes it's going to be Will Shipley out of the backfield. I just think he has to manage the game for Clemson tomorrow night. Just don't lose it, which I think he has done a couple of times to them this season. Well, here are a few items related to the game. So this is a game that started back in 1896. This is the 120th edition. Clemson leads 72-43-4. The Gamecocks won last year at the Valley to snap the Tigers' seven-game winning streak. The Tigers have not lost in Columbia since 2013. Keep in mind there was the COVID year that wiped out a home game. So they will bring a four-game – actually, it wiped out a – Clemson home game, I believe. The even years go to Clemson. So since 2013, Clemson brings a four-game road winning streak into the game. At home, Shane Beamer at South Carolina, he's won eight in a row at night. He's 11-2 and two at night in Columbia. So obviously, at night, home field, it does help the Gamecocks, uh, depending on who the opponent is, of course. Both teams are undefeated in November, so both are having the old November to remember. Whoever wins this one will certainly have uh, a November to remember. And South Carolina needs a win to get to uh, bowl eligibility. Clemson is 7-4. and four. Uh, Coming in, the Tigers talking about protecting the football. They rank 128th nationally. They have lost 13 fumbles. That's pretty incredible. They've lost 13 fumbles. They're 128th nationally, 120th in total turnovers with 20. But on the flip side, they're number one in the ACC and six nationally with 22 turnovers gained. So they lose it. They also take it away. Now, South Carolina, they are ranking 20th nationally, having lost the football just 11 times on the season, seven of those interceptions by Rattler. So as far as fumbles and holding on to the football by their running backs and the like, pretty good. And Rattler, despite those seven interceptions, which is considering how much he's thrown it, not a large amount, he's still completing over 70% of his pass attempts. But Clemson has been, during this winning streak, their defense, which is now 10th nationally, giving up 289 yards per game, The defense has, uh, well, they've been killers of big-time quarterbacks. Sam Hartman of Notre Dame had only 146 passing yards. Haynes King, do we put him as a big-time quarterback? He's got a big reputation. No. At Georgia Tech at 129, Drake May had 209. Big-time quarterback. Yeah. In these three games, Clemson's defense came up with seven interceptions and ten sacks. And we know how weak South Carolina has been in protecting Rattler this year. So, 
just some numbers to ponder when you're thinking about who's going to win the game, what the keys to the game will be, which which moments might turn the game one way or another. They're good things both ways. But, you know, Clemson's defense, I still think going into this one, that's why I've picked Clemson 30-17, to I still think their defense is very, very good and focused on Rattler and focused on Leggett and taking away the running game, which I think they'll be able to do, I just think that's going to be too much for South Carolina to overcome unless Clemson gives them the football game with a bunch of turnovers. Exactly. It's the, it's the great equalizer. Much like in college basketball, the great equalizer is the three-point shot. In college football and in this game, I think, tomorrow night, it's the, the, if Clemson turns it over two or three times, the Gamecocks are going to be right there at the end because I'm not sure the Gamecocks are going to turn it over. They've been a little bit better. You talked about the interceptions Rattler's thrown, but he's been forced to put it up so many times just to carry that team to give them a chance. I think he puts it in harm's way sometimes when it's not necessary, just trying to make a play knowing that it's on his shoulders 100% of that offense. But I think if the Tigers turn it over a few times tomorrow night, which they're certainly prone to do, especially on the road, the Gamecocks are going to be there in the fourth quarter. What Clemson needs to do is get out and play well early and, and sort of take that crowd out of it, settle club again and maybe take command of the game the way they did I thought they did last year you know they're up what 14 to nothing it looks like they were going to cruise to what their eighth consecutive victory over USC and then the Gamecocks get a big play and they settle in and all of a sudden we got a ball game that's the last thing Dabo Sweeney wants to have happen going into halftime in a you know three-point game or his team behind going into the second half because the Gamecocks are going to have that crowd behind them in the second half of play and we saw what happened last year you allow them to hang around long enough they may beat you at the end All right, so we've got that to talk about tonight. We'll have our picks coming up from us. We'll have our picks from the governor and the general with the uh, football filibuster. No Lee Sterling tonight. Lee is off for the holiday. He did tell us last week, I believe he said, if I remember correctly, I believe he said the spread would be about seven points. And I believe he said, I have to go back and check the tape, but I believe he said take Clemson and lay the seven points. And it actually came in at about seven and a half. So I think that is what Lee was uh, in talking about it last week. But he is not going to be with us tonight. And so we'll have uh, our picks. We'll have the governor and the attorney general have some fun with them during the football filibuster. We'll update some recruiting stuff for you as well and touch on some of the uh, other uh, news nuggets of the day, including some football that's uh, going on as we speak. Good bit of it here on this day after Thanksgiving, including Missouri and Arkansas, and it's all Missouri. They're going to finish with a 10-win campaign. Very impressive. They're up 34 to nothing on Arkansas, and it's only early in the third quarter, and K.J. Jefferson's been knocked out of the game for what it's worth for Arkansas. So Missouri's going to get to a 10-win season, 10-2, and two, and going to go to a, a very good bowl game, probably a New Year's Six bowl game, I would imagine. And what a year those Tigers have had. Memphis beat Temple 45-21. Iowa defeated Nebraska. Boy, a typical Iowa-Nebraska game, 13-10. I mean, and sadly, that's been the best game of the day so far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really has. That's so sad, but it really has. It was At least if you like defense, if you like yeah. offense, you never watch Iowa anyway. But if you like defense, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, Miami uh, beat Boston College 45-20. to up in Boston, so Miami gets to a seventh win. Boston College will be bowl eligible at 6-6. Six and six. Oklahoma all over TCU. Well, I mean, this was a shootout. I say all over. They won by 
24, had to score 69 points. They won 69 to 45. And Oklahoma gets to 10 and 2. Tonight, you've got Penn State, Michigan State, Texas Tech, and Texas, and Oregon State and Oregon. they play tonight, and which is which is going to be what the last Civil War game, I guess, because of the the the, so the, the realignment of yeah. the conferences. I think it's coming to an end, right? I believe you're right. At least for the foreseeable future, you would think they'd find a way. Much like Carolina and Clemson have found a way not to, uh, to continue to play each other, even though they're not in the same conference. But yeah, it's it's a shame that these rivalries have gone away because of conference expansion. You you need a better excuse than to drop, drop a game that means so much to the folks in whatever state it is. And we had uh, basketball uh, this afternoon in Columbia. The USC women, the number one team in the country, uh, playing a mat- matinee afternoon game uh, the day after Thanksgiving. And they, t- they play Oof. Mississippi Valley State. And I'm my first question is why? And the second question is Why? Uh, the final score, I mean, seriously, they had over 14,000 fans. This kind of reminds me of um, the movie Gladiator where, you know, they've got, they've got Mr. United Gladiator. State. They've got Mr. Gladiator in the arena and all the Romans, I guess those are Romans, or, or, they want blood. And, man, the, the USC women oh. delivered the blood 101 to 19. 101 you, you to, to 19. You get to a point in games like that, you you really feel sorry for the other team. Mississippi Valley State scored no more than six points in any quarter. They scored six in the first, six in the second, four points. Four points in ten minutes in the third, and only three points in the fourth quarter. You know, Dawn Staley had uh, said after their win over Maryland that she had not been pleased thus far with how well defensively they had played. That She, she obviously liked the 100 points they put up on Notre Dame and the 100 points against Maryland. Evidently, the team got, its, got that message because they have ratcheted up the defense, to say the least, here their last three games. Well, my point is, what's the point? I mean, what do you, oh, yeah. you know, thank goodness for South Carolina because it could happen in practice, it can happen in any game, but thank goodness for them they didn't suffer any injuries to somebody just maybe twisting an ankle, stepping on somebody's mm-hmm. foot, whatever the case may be. What is the point? You gain absolutely, except for enhancing your, your stats – you gain absolutely nothing from a game like that. You really don't. I don't see how you gain anything. Confidence? What confidence can you gain from that? You do gain a W, but it's against a um, what? What league? Who? What league is Mississippi Valley State? Is that a? Uh, does that count as a D one win? Not that it matters to them. I'm just saying you got absolutely nothing to gain from a, a a win like that. Though you have to tip your cap to the Gamecock fans for turning out fourteen thousand strong on a Friday afternoon for this kind of matchup. I imagine by halftime, many of them hit the door. Gosh, I would hope so. I mean, the the game was long since decided uh, after the first quarter, as a matter of fact. And they are Division I. They're members of the SWAC. So, Mm. you know, take that for what it's worth. But you're right. I mean, that's uh, that's the unfortunate part of of college basketball. You play so many games. And South Carolina, uh, it's hard to criticize their non-conference schedule because they do play a lot of ranked teams and a lot of good teams. And Mm -hmm. on occasion, you're going to get a dud like this. Certainly today was it. And if you're ever going to play a team like this, a Black Friday afternoon game is probably the best time to do it. Maybe your fans come in for a while and enjoy, and then they continue their shopping because the game's over, over by the end of the first 10 minutes.
All right, let's turn our attention to the high school scene tonight. And, uh, of course, we're down to the upper and lower state finals or the state semifinals, however you want to label them. State championship games are next week at uh, South Carolina State University. So with that being said, let's welcome in David Shelton of the High School Sports Report, the Charleston Post and Courier. We like to call him Bib for best in business. Welcome in, David. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving and you're ready for a feast of high school football tonight across the state. I'm definitely ready, but hold on. I think South Carolina Gamecocks just scored again. So, uh, you know, I, I saw a score today where, where Dutch Fort beat Lamar 95 to nothing in a high school game. 95 to nothing. That's impossible. To zero. That, that's impossible. It was 95 to zero. And I thought to myself, South Carolina should have played Dutch Fork and Mississippi Valley should have played Lamar. And then we'd have probably had two better competitive games. But yeah, yeah, 90. I saw the South Carolina score right before I saw the Dutch Fork Lamar score. And 95 to nothing is what the scoreboard showed. They took a picture of the scoreboard. In, in now, why with, Dutch Fork? Why in, Dutch Fork's playing Lamar? I don't know, 5A against 1A. You know, we talk about competitive balance. Uh, that ain't getting it done there, brother. Now, what sport was that? Was that boys or girls basketball? Girls basketball. Girls basketball. 95 to nothing. Yeah. That is mind-boggling. You would think you would accidentally get a basket or get a foul shot or something to get on the board. That's got to be a yeah, first. That's short and just throw it in. I mean, that's, that's got to be a first. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, you know, we're talking, we're talking Dutch Fork is a, is an annual perennial state title contender. Yeah. And they're playing in this, they were playing in this tournament thing. The, the got got next or got you next or whatever. It's all girls. And it's been, they've been playing games all day. And why they pit Lamar, a class A school against Dutch Fork. I, I, I don't know how they come up with those pairings because there's about 40 schools in this one-day thing at White Knoll High School, and that was one of the matchups, and I don't understand it. But, wow. you know, that's whatever. Wow, wow. All right, let's get to the football. Let's hope we don't have any of that tonight. Let's begin. Uh, we will. In the 5 A's. yes, yeah, speaking of Dutch Fork, they'll be home to J.L. Mann, uh, Lower State. Uh, Somerville will be at White Knoll. So the Midlands hosting the two 5A showdowns tonight. What do you think? Well, I think you're going to have two really good games, and uh, and and I would not be shocked if we didn't have a White Knoll Dutch Fork State Championship game next week. Um, you know, now now again, I would not be shocked if we had a Somerville versus J.O. Man. Yeah, I mean, these are two really good good games with with very comparable teams. Um, you know, I, I I've never picked against Dutch Fork in November, and I'm still not. But, you know, J.L. Mann's certainly capable of coming in and, and, and pulling what I would consider an upset despite the records. But that Somerville White knows the same way. You know, I've, I think a lot of people are, are thinking Somerville is going to win this game. And they, and they may, but this is going to be a tussle because this, White Knoll's defense is the absolutely, clearly, head and shoulders, the best defense that Somerville's seen all year. Clearly. I mean, Somerville, if they score forty-five points tonight, well, then by God, they earned it mm. because uh, I don't think I don't think either team's going to get out of the twenties. I think it's going to be very close, 
and relatively low scoring compared to what the two teams score. Conversely, I think we're going to see a lot of points in these 4A semifinals, Greenville at West Side and Irmo at South Florence. Yeah, I think if uh, if the over-under in both games is 60, you take the over. Uh, I think you're going to see some points. West Side and Greenville are, are – well, all four teams are highly explosive. The two best defenses are in the lower state game between South and Irmo. Uh, so there, there, there will be some good defense in that game. But uh, that West Side Greenville game, um, you know, I mean, every it seems every game that they play is in the 40s. Both teams are in the 40s. And last week, West Side scored 68 points and gave up like 53. And uh, and Greenville beat Northwestern 45-42 or 45-43-42, whatever it was. Uh, so I think the upper state will have more points. The lower state will have better defense, but that lower state game is going to be really good between undefeated Irmo and undefeated South Florence. Okay, we go to 3A. You got Daniel BHP and you got uh, Camden and Brooklyn Casey. Uh, You got a couple of teams here, BHP, Brooklyn Casey. They're trying to break through, right? Trying to to get to that championship game. Daniel, Camden, they've been there. So are the the up-and-comers the ones to watch here or the vets? Well, I you know I I think in my in my picks I've taken the bets I've taken uh, Camden and Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly BHP and and B and Brooklyn Casey are certainly capable of winning tonight. I, I think the better chance of an upset would be in the lower state if if Brooklyn Casey if you call that an upset I think Brooklyn Casey could definitely win at home and and, and beat Camden. But, you know, somebody I was talking with somebody today, and they said, man, they got to go to Brooklyn Casey. I said, man, they went to Dillon. Hmm. You know, they won a game at Dillon. I don't think Brooklyn Casey is going to be an intimidating atmosphere. And I'm not one, you know, I, I know the Clemson Carolina, everybody talks about the crowds and all. I, I don't think crowds and noise determine football games. Uh, you know, nobody fumbles because it was too loud. And nobody throws a pick because it was too loud. They throw because it's a physical mistake. And so I don't think these home – these home games, especially in the high school playoffs, I mean, yeah, they might give a little edge early, but any team that can stay in the game early, any road team that can stay in the game early is, is certainly going to have an opportunity to win. All right, we go to two-way where we've got the battle here, the ongoing war of words, I guess you could say, between public schools and charter schools, upper and lower state. you got Abbeville Gray Collegiate. You got Hampton County, Oceanside. Now maybe that argument we've been hearing about all year will go away with the the new rules they have put in place moving forward. But for now, the best of the upper state public school, Abbeville against Gray Collegiate, the best of the lower state, Hampton County against Oceanside. What do you what do you think this, these two games are going to be like? Well, I think they're both going to be very good games, and I, you know, I'm at the I'm at Oceanside, and and looking at Hampton County, you know, just looking at them, you would not know that which team was the quote unquote charter school. Boy, they they are impressive looking. So, uh, and I know, and I can promise you, Gray and Abbeville are going to be impressive looking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I kind of think Abbeville and Oceanside are the favorites, but but Abbeville going to Gray, Gray with that with that just that huge chip on the shoulder. It's not a big a chip down here in the lower state. A lot of people don't 
don't really talk about it as much as they do in the Midlands. So, um, you know, I, I kind of think that Gray's got the, a chance to knock off Abbeville. But if anybody can beat Gray, it is Abbeville because they have been there. You talk about been there, done that? Mm-hmm. Dude, the Panthers, the A is always in the – it got a chance to win regardless. And 1A rivals St. Joseph's at Christ Church, Lower State, Johnsonville, Bamberg, Earhart. Got about 30 seconds. Yeah, I, th- I think Bamberg uh, is the favorite. I think Bamberg will beat Johnsonville. I think Christ Church will beat St. Joe's. And there you talk about two private schools in the Greenville area playing for the upper state. So you're going to hear that talk. So one of them's going to get to the finals, but I think Bamberg and Christ Church are going to be the, in the championship game. Okay, David. Enjoy your game. Sounds like you got a great one to watch. We'll have you back with us 10.05 for the high school scoreboard, along with you, other reporters around the state, and no doubt we'll dial up some coaches. Thank you, David. Have a good night. Thank you, ma'am. David Shelton with us here on Sports Talk. Be back. Football filibuster coming up. We're back with you here on Sports Talk, on the Sports Talk Media Network, on the eve of the big game, South Carolina, Clemson, Clemson, South Carolina, depending on how you want to look at it. Version number 120, tomorrow night, under the lights, Williams-Brice, going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be a great day. Folks will be piling into the area all day long. Remember, the uh, gates will be opening up. The, the, the gates for parking will be opening up at 1.30. The uh, gates themselves will be opening up at their regular time related to a uh, 7.39 kickoff at Williams-Brice Stadium. We've got our picks coming up for you in just a minute from the uh, Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge panel. Right now, though, it is time for another edition of the football filibuster here on Sports Talk, starring former Governor Jim Hodges and current Attorney General Alan Wilson, two of the great political minds of our time in South Carolina and two of the better football pickers of recent era. The governor at 33-27 and 27 after last week and the AG at 30-30. and 30. The governor going 4-1. and one. The AG going three and two last week. Good to have the two of them with us. Gentlemen, I know that when you are in attendance at Williams-Brice Stadium, at any one time you are the biggest, greatest political figures in the stadium. But Saturday night, literally speaking, you're going to be trumped. How are you feeling about the man being there, Uh, AG Wilson? uh, He's like he's on your side of the the aisle there. you got to be kind of excited about that. Well, it's going to be an incredible night no matter what happens. Uh, and, you know, I think President Trump being there is certainly going to uh, bring a little bit of a sizzle to the crowd, I'm sure. Uh, Governor Hodges, if you're real nice to the general, he might get you uh, an autograph of uh, President Trump if you would like one. <laughs> Look, I'm going to go and enjoy the game. That's, that's uh, my priority tomorrow. Well, when when he when he shows up on the big board, when they have a picture of him up there, like, are you gonna? Will you clap or will you boo? What will be your reaction? <laughs> 
Well, I won't do either. Actually, I'll probably I'll probably be more focused on the game tomorrow than anything else. I don't I don't know what their plans are for all of that, but uh, I'm just hoping everybody gets into the game on time and everybody has a good time. <laughs> I know, I know. Just kidding. It's going to be fun, regardless of how you feel when somebody of that magnitude, you know, comes into your backyard. It's it's kind of neat. All right, let's get to uh, the games. And first of all, I hope you guys had a great uh, Thanksgiving. General, did you? Did you eat it up a good bit last night? Oh, absolutely. We had a great time with our family. I ate, ate probably more than I should have, but it, a good time was had by all. I bet. Uh, Governor, how about you? I did. I went to New York City. My older son lives there, so we went and spent the week there and got back about an hour and a half ago. Uh, wow. had a terrific time. Got to see the parade, the whole thing. Wow. How's the parade in person? Yeah, the parade is, is fine in person, um, and uh, you know, there's a huge crowd there. They claim that they have millions of people there. That, that might be accurate, <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of fun, and you see a lot of people coming in from out of town. All right, well, folks, let's get to the, uh, the, the picks tonight, uh, give you our games and see what you have to think. We've got five games for you once again, picking against the spread. And again, 33-27 and 27 for the governor, 30-30. and 30. For the general, that's not bad picking against the spread. It's a lot a lot tougher than just picking them straight up. So here we go. Uh, general, we'll let you go first, and we'll begin with North Carolina at NC State, the Wolfpack at home in this rivalry game, getting two and a half points. What do you think? I'm going to go with North Carolina, Phil. Tar Heels on the road. You think May's going to have a big day? I do. I yeah. do. I'm going to go with the visiting team on this one. All right, Governor. NC State's finishing strong. I'm going to take NC State. NC State, rivalry at home, taking the points. Okay, let's go to Florida State at Florida. Man, I mean, I really hate it for the Seminoles because the injury to their quarterback, even if they go undefeated, the committee, depending on what else happens, they might say, look, without your quarterback, you're not one of the best four teams in the country. They are favored by six and a half at the Swamp Governor. Yeah, and they were they they were it was questionable about whether they were top four even before Travis got injured. So I'm going to take Florida in this game. I think six and a half in in Ben Hill Griffin is probably too much. So I think Florida State might win, but it's going to be closer than that. So I'll take right. points, General. Um, boy, I tell you, Billy Napier loses this one at home. I mean, they're not going to fire him, but the Heat will be on him. What do you think? It'll be hot in Florida tomorrow night. I'm I'm Ooh. actually uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Florida State on this one. Um, I think it's going to be a touchdown. To cover Florida State to win by seven, they're given six and a half. That would get it done. Let's go to the Iron Bowl down at Auburn this time. Funny things happen in this game at Auburn, even when Alabama's clearly the better team. Funny things do happen, but Auburn losing to New Mexico State last week just sort of changes your opinion of the Tigers. They're getting 13-and-a-half at home. Is that enough? Uh, General, what do you think? Uh, I think it is. Um, I I think last week was a sting for them. I think Bama's going to come in hot, and I'm going to go with Alabama for the points, uh, that they're going to win by at least two touchdowns. Okay, so not enough points. You want Alabama lay the 13-and-a-half. Correct. Yeah. Governor, what do you think? I agree. Bama's trying to get in that Final Four, and a, and a big a big win will help them. So I'll take Bama. Okay. We go to Conway 
Coastal Carolina, boy, a chance to finish up a great season. Would have been really nice for them to win at Army last week. Still dealing with quarterback issues, though I think they get their number two guy back for this week against James Madison. Is that correct, Chris? They're going to have the the number two ready to go? They should have both Jarek Gast and Ethan Vasco available, according to a Tim Beck back on Wednesday. Who starts is a greater question, and we probably won't know that until 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. All right, and James Madison coming off an upset loss at Appalachian State. Coastal getting nine at home. Governor, your thoughts? It's a lot of points, but I think I'm going to take JMU. After that bad loss last week, I think uh, I think JMU is going to be able to handle this one. General, your thoughts on this one, Coastal or the Dukes? This is the one I went back and forth on, and if I'm allowed to do amendments, this is the one I would have considered amending the other way. But the governor chose the team I chose, so I'm going to stay with James Madison for now. That's a lot of points, but I, I think they'll do it. Okay. And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the epic match of the night, Clemson at South Carolina. Gamecocks needing one win to become bowl eligible. I think Clemson, if they win, I think they would end up in the Gator Bowl. That would be my guess. I think the Gator Bowl would love an eight-win Clemson team and pair them against perhaps LSU. I think that would be a dynamic non-New Year's Day bowl game or non-New Year's Six bowl game whenever they play it. Uh but the Gamecocks, of course, are going to be inspired by being at home and also knowing what an achievement to come into November 2-6 and six and finish 6-6 six and six if they can get it done. They're getting 7.5. General Wilson, what do you think? Uh, look, I've always thought that Carolina was a second half or second half of the season kind of team. Um, you know, I know they've had a lot of struggles. This was a season that I, I was very disappointed in. There was some of that Florida loss. was That, that one still stings. They all sting, actually. Mm. But uh, they're going to be motivated. Clemson's going to be motivated to, to keep them from going bowling. But being at home at night under the white and red lights at williams Bryce Stadium, that crowd's going to be crazy. I think they're going to be fired up. I think they're going to be motivated. So give me USB. What a shocker. The general is taking the Gamecocks <laughs> and the seven and a half. Governor, what do you think? Now, you know, the only way to win these contests, you have to make the decision with your brain and not your heart. Yeah, but I'm leading by three games. <laughs> That's a little different. I can, I'm, I'm with him on this. I, if, here's Clemson is really playing well, and they clearly are the more talented team, but they've been doing it at home. They, you know, they have not been as good on the road, and they struggled in in tougher environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I, you know, they they they've got a it, they they probably will win, but I'm not sure that they'll win on the road by eight eight points or more. So, um, I'm going to take the Gamecocks and the points. I, I think this is going to be a closer game than than the points suggest. You got them seven and a half. Okay. Time for amendments and a general, as you mentioned, as I look at the picks, you guys differ on two, Florida, Florida State, NC State, North Carolina. So you agree, Gamecocks, Dukes, Crimson Tide. Anything you would like to amend there? So we we disagree with Clemson and USC. I mean, so we agree with Clemson and USC, you said? Yes, yeah. Gamecocks, uh, Dukes, and Crimson Tide. Both of you took those three. I'm going to hold for now. He's going to hold. He's going to hold. Uh, Governor, you, 
Same here. I think uh, I, I think it'll be a really interesting week. There's going to be a lot of good games this, this weekend. Really are. It's rivalry weekend. Uh, gentlemen, we thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Uh, maybe we'll see you at the game. Um, General, uh, if you see uh, Donald Trump there, you know, just, uh, I don't know, slap him on the back and tell a joke to him. Or Are you guys buddies? Do you all know each other from days past? I've met him, you know, probably a dozen times in the last seven, eight years. And, um, you know, obviously uh, get along with him really well. I'm going to make sure that when I see him, though, that I'm going to tell him that Jim Hodges sends his regards. I'm going to get to do that for you, Governor. Uh, well, then he'll know you're lying. <laughs> hey, I will say that, this. <laughs> I will say this. Now, way back, you probably remember this, Governor, way back in like uh, 2008, I think it was. You got uh, President Obama with us on Sports Talk. I did do that. You're right. Yes. He, he talked sports with you for during the presidential primary for what ten minutes or so. Ten fifteen minutes. So, General, I mean, so, you know, you you got to well, get well, us a Phil, presidential already, candidate. Phil, I've already beat that. I had Connor Shaw on last week. Well, you're that's true. That's that tops everything <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are dropping names tonight, aren't you? Donald Trump, Connor Shaw. I'm telling you, man, you're hanging out with the beautiful people. Well, I'm with you and I'm with you and the governor tonight. So those are the two names that really matter. There you go. Hey, thank you all so much. Have a great weekend. Good luck. We'll talk to you next week. Thank good you, guys. Luck. Have a good night. Thank you. All right. Thanks, there guys. you go. Governor Hodges and General Wilson. Sounds like he's going to be up there in the booth with uh, Trump and uh, McMaster and <laughs> – and all those Republican how, heavyweights, I would imagine. <laughs> huh? If you wondered how Governor Hodges became the governor, you just heard. That is as politically correct a, a deal of dodging a question as I've yeah. ever heard. He is a true politician. He answered one without making an answer. He I'm did not, not cross that line, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he did not cross that line. All right, thanks to the guys. They always play along with us uh, really, really well. We appreciate yeah, that. Fun. Okay, let's hit the break, Pat, and we'll come back and give our picks. Uh, we'll have some time to take some calls as we go to the top of the hour. Those of you who haven't had a chance to get through this week to give a pick or a comment or an observation, that would be a good time. Then we'll have more time after the top of the hour because uh, we'll be wide open for the entire uh, second half hour, except for a little recruiting thrown in there. So feel free to join us. 888-898-2525 is the number. It's a Founders Federal Football Friday night here on Sports Talk, and we'll be right back. The lottery is not about getting rich. It's about helping people, and it always has been. The lottery is what helped raise the Great Wall of China, build the roads of Rome, and today in South Carolina, it's what generates millions of dollars each year for scholarships like the SC Hope, Life, and Palmetto Fellows. The South Carolina Education Lottery is investing in you. Visit sceducationlottery.com slash better you to learn more. Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! 
Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long-term care planning consultation, now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit LawyerLisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. George Bryant here with Tsunami Bar Sports, and wow, Tsunami Robbie, there is now an amazing technology that you can use when you train, receiving large gain without having to endure pain. Please explain. George, that is the magic combination. I have three simple words to define that entire concept. Stimulation, not annihilation. Regardless of your training goals, there is a level of stimulation that is optimal for your desired gains. Tsunami Bar's flexible bar technology meets these demands because the user determines the level of stimulation with the amount of speed and force they impart into the bar or training device. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code B. BB5. Don't wait. Order today. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. All right, Pat. All right, Pat. I hear you humming the Game Cop Fight song in the back. Oh, yeah. That's a sign. That's a sign right there. Used to be an Oldsmobile commercial, wasn't it? That tune? No, it actually was uh, a rendition of a Broadway musical that Paul Dietzel oh, okay. in 1966. See, this is what I don't understand about South Carolina over. South Carolina had a really fine fight song for however long they had it from whenever that song was written going back, I don't know, 30s, 40s, whatever. And they hire Dietzel, and he comes in. He changes the fight song and comes up with this new fight song that was not an original fight song. I think the other one, I can't say the original was actually an original song. I don't know if it was written just for South Carolina or if it was taken right. from something else. But it definitely was unique. You hear it, and you wouldn't know it belonged to something else. This song back in 1965, 66, I think it was, whenever Dietzel came on board. Yeah, it was uh, 
that was a song from a Broadway musical. And I've he, always heard that it was an old car commercial, too, the tune. I don't know about that. I don't know about mm-hmm. that. Old junk car, if you want to, you know, back when Diesel had it, it'd be an old junk car commercial. But, uh, Pat, was that you humming the Gamecock fight song in the background? You know, sometimes things just are catchy and you don't even realize what you're doing. Yeah, just kind of exactly. comes out of you. Then again, My Tiger Rag is not original. Just to be fair, <laughs> Tiger Rag, of course, is uh, not original to Clemson. you got LSU plays it and others. And that also, I think, comes from a, a musical, I think, as well. So, anyway, if we're picking, we're picking on everybody. Um, to um, our picks, we got everybody's in the house, of course, except for Pat's. We'll let sure? Pat's do his. Yeah, I know. I had a mess. <laughs> Good Lord, if people knew how many times I had to go back and fix things because I don't know what was wrong with me. I, I, I think I was looking at two different files and correcting one and thinking I had them both right and I had all the numbers messed up. But everything is good now, ladies and gentlemen. Everything is good. And uh, we had some foreign ones last week. That would include uh, your humble host. Uh, Pat was foreign one. Chris with a big four and one, the Kahuna Bobby Harton. He had a big four and one. Uh, gentleman Jim Corbett and Daddy Don Williams. They all had four and ones last week. I think. I hope. I guess. As I've gone back <laughs> over and over this thing. So, looking at the standings as we have them now, uh, we have a tie at the top of the leaderboard. Me and Kevin Cohen, thirty-six and twenty-four. Then uh, Pete Yannitator, Pete Yannity, along with Fran, the money coach, Halloran, 35-25 each. Gentleman Jim Corbett, attorney for the Stars, next at 34-26. and 26. Pat is in at 33-27, and 27, along with Dr. Rick, number one pick, Sanford, 33-27. and 27. Teddy, I'm so sexy without my shirt, Hefner. And Bobby the Big Kahuna, Harton. 32 and 28. Big Daddy Don, granddaddy of Sports Talk Williams, 31 and 29. Bergy, you're up to 30 and 30. You're 500. Over 500. Mm hmm. Uh, Smitty, 30 and 30. For a bowl. Are you two cheating with one another? And in dead last, the bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna say uh, of, of Sports Talk Radio, Alan Smothers. Bad boy, bad boy, what you going to do? I was with him on Wednesday. He is the bad boy of Sports Talk Radio. No question about it. There is no doubt. Yeah. 29 and 31 for Smothers. So here is what we got this week. Going with, uh, let's start at the top with the corn. So I'm got a, I got Clemson, as you well know, laying the points. I'm taking Coastal and the nine at home. Trust in the shots. Going to go with Alabama. Okay. I think they roll the uh, Tigers lay the points. I'm taking Florida and the points at home. You know, Florida played Missouri really close. They're home. Uh, Florida State was out their quarterback, taking the Gators, going with NC State, getting the two-and-a-half at home against North Carolina. I'll come back to you, uh, Chris and Pat, let you do your own. Dr. Rick is going Gamecocks, Coastal, Alabama, Florida State, and NC State. He was two and three last week. Smitty is going Tigers, Coastal, Alabama, Knowles, and Florida. He was two and three last week. Kev Cohen likes the Gamecocks, James Madison, Alabama, Florida State, and NC State, three and two last week. Kahuna, Gamecocks, of course, 
Coastal, Auburn, Florida, North Carolina, 4-1 and one last week. Fran, Gamecocks, Dukes, Alabama, Florida State, NC State, 3-2 and two last week. Teddy going with Clemson, James Madison, Alabama, Florida, and NC State after a 2-3 and three week. Smothers, Gamecocks, Coastal, Alabama, Florida State, NC State after a 3-2 and two week. Pete, he likes the Gamecocks, James Madison, Alabama, Florida State, NC State in a 2-3 and three week. Jim's going with the Gamecocks, JMU, Bama, Florida State, NC State in a four and one week. Don has got the Tigers, Coastal Carolina, Alabama, Florida State, and NC State after a four and one week. All right, Chris, run yours down real quick, sir. I want to add something to next year. Obviously, we can't do it now on the Carolina Clemson game if there's you know, whichever way the spread's going. And if you take the underdog. We also should put in there, do you think they're going to win? Because I'm curious of all the folks who pick South Carolina, do they believe the Gamecocks are going to win the game? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Or just yeah. cover. Yeah. Because I think that there's a big difference there. All right, go quickly. Um, I'm going to get Pat's in as okay. well. So. Sorry. Go ahead. I've got, I've got the Tigers. Talked about this much of the week. I just think they're the better team. I'll take Coastal. I think nine points against the Shauna Clears at home where they played awfully well is too many. I'll take Coastal to actually win the game. Because I think James Madison coming off that loss last week is, is deflated a good bit because that took a lot of wind out of their sails not being undefeated anymore. And they can't win the division because they're ineligible. I'll take Alabama. I'm not sure 14 is enough for Auburn. It may need more. I'll take Florida State and NC State as well. All right, Pat, you want to spit yours out real quick? I am taking the visitor or the favorite, however you want to look at it, across the board. Clemson, JMU, Alabama, Florida State, and UNC. Can't forget that Florida's quarterback also got hurt along with Florida State, so it will be a battle of backups. Aye. Good point. Aye. Good point on your end. Okay. We'll hit the top of the hour break. We'll be back. Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us here on Sports Talk on this Friday night. It's a Founders Federal Football Friday night here on Sports Talk. We've got high school football. We've got college football. We've got the NFL playing their first Black Friday game up in New York, and Miami takes it to the Jets 34-13. Of course, yesterday we had three games about Green Bay going in there and turning the turkey tables on Detroit. Look out for the That's Packers, a good win people. For your boys. Look out for the Packers. That's all I got to say. Yesterday. I've told you yeah. we're going to be fine. I'm not panicking. We're okay. We got a few winnable games left on the schedule, and a couple of ones we'll have to play extremely well to win. Can this team get to ten wins? Maybe nine, maybe ten. Get you in the playoffs. We're right there, knocking on the door. Haven't given up. I'm loving me some love right now. Loving me some Jordan love. Dallas looked good. San Francisco looked good yesterday. Of course, the Dolphins winning today up beating the Jets, but who doesn't beat the Jets, right? I mean, really, who doesn't beat the Jets? It's so easy to beat the Jets. Um, how about this? Mississippi State's uh, quarterback, Rogers, Will Rogers, after last night's loss to Ole Miss, uh, he is a graduate student. 
And now they're talking about him uh, heading into the transfer portal, having uh, completed his time at Mississippi State and going in as a as a grad student. And uh, how about this? So he'll be a he'll be a rent a quarterback. He'll be a rent a quarterback for somebody for one year next year. Uh, he's only thrown for over twelve thousand yards in his career, uh, and ninety four career rushing touchdowns. This is why. When Arnett took over and did what he did with the offense there at Mississippi State, of course, I'm not there. I'm not following them closely at all. But from the outside looking at it, it made no sense. I I guess he had a reason for doing what he was doing. But it made no sense to take a guy who thrown for all those yards. I know it's a different offense. And you're trying to put your fingerprints – well, you're not there anymore. But you were trying to put your fingerprints on your team, on your offense – but my goodness, if you just had kind of left well enough alone with what you were doing, you might still have your job there at Mississippi State. Well, and we mentioned earlier we were talking about elite quarterbacks, and uh, certainly Sam Howell falls into that category. You're going through uh, teams that Clemson has beaten here recently, and I may have jumped the gun a little bit on Haynes King. I, I think he's a solid quarterback elite. I'm not sure. I will yeah. say this, though. I think Will Rogers in the right system can be an elite quarterback. And, hey, we saw it in Columbia. Earlier this season, I mean, he went berserk when they allowed him to do what he does best. And that's throw the football downfield, get his receivers involved. He was terrific in that game, and it wasn't his fault they lost. They just couldn't stop Spencer Rattler and the Carolina offense that night. But I think Will Rogers is going to be a very hot commodity in the transfer portal. And somebody's going to, as you pointed out, rent a QB and be better for it. Because if you put him in the right system where he can take advantage of his talents, which obviously Mississippi State didn't want to do, and I'm I still shocked they tried to even rein him back in after the Carolina game. You, you would have thought at that point in time, Arnett would have said, huh, this is probably the way we should run the offense the rest of the year. But for whatever reason, it didn't work for them. I think, though, when Will Rogers lands somewhere, somebody's going to get a really, really good quarterback. Well, well here's a question. The question. Let me just bring up the question here real quick, Pat. Sorry. Um, probably the same question. Could be. Say you're Shane Beamer. There you go. And you lose Spencer Rattler. He doesn't come back. And you've got no proven quarterback. You've got Lenora Sellers, who's had a taste, but not a proven quarterback. Do you go after, and considering your connections back there in Starkville, maybe that works in your favor, maybe not. But then Will Rogers would see what Dowell Loggins did working with Spencer Rattler, a former NFL OC and quarterback coach. Why wouldn't you want to uh, play a year from under him? But do you do that at the risk of running mm-hmm. off your younger quarterbacks retarding their their progress not to mention you got Dante Reno coming in what do you do what do you do if you're Shane Beamer Pat go ahead I'm sorry pick it up no no you're fine that was the exact question I was going to ask was do you do you risk ostracizing the players you currently have and potentially sending an unwanted message to future quarterback recruits that hey we're going to tell you you're our guy you're our future but if we find somebody better in the transfer portal we might do what's best for us or with along that same vein do you take the approach, do we rather play a guy that, yes, we, we love for our future, we think he can be special, but it's unproven. Do you want that, or do you go after a, a Rodgers who is a proven commodity? He has proven time and time again in big games, SEC games, that even though they may not always win, at least this year, he can throw for 300, 400, even pushing mm. 500 yards that's hard to turn your nose up at, especially now if you have Juice Wells coming back, you have some other young, talented receivers that are either coming back or entering the program. 
do you take a risk on a guy you already have, or do you bring in the proven commodity? That's a tough question. Well, and here's a yeah, it is, and it's an impossible answer. I don't think for for any coach. But if I could guarantee you that Will Rogers could come in next season, and you would be guaranteed nine or ten wins with him at quarterback, do you pull the trigger? Because then, Phil, you brought up the excellent point. If you do that, do you upset Lenoris Sellers? Do you upset Dante Reno? And as Pat pointed out, do you upset future quarterback recruits? Shane Beamer made it very clear at his press conference this week that they, where they start is high school recruiting. But let's face it, in this current world of, of college football, are, are you looking long-term? Or is a short-term solution what all these coaches are going to be looking to? And I don't have a good answer for that. But if, if Will Rogers could guarantee you, you know, two or three more wins than what you're going to have this season, I don't know how you turn him down if he's available. Well, I think the answer from all coaches in this case would be, look, we have competition. The best team, I'm sorry, the best quarterback in, fall, in, in spring and fall camp, that's going to be our guy. And if it happens mm-hmm. to be somebody already in our program, so be it. If it happens to be somebody we take out of the portal, John, we're not even talking about Dabo Sweeney. Would Dabo Sweeney take a swing at somebody like this if they could get him? Or does he go ahead and keep riding with Cade Klubnick, who he believes is going to be a great one? I think he's probably going to stick with Klubnick because if he dumps on Cade Klubnick now and goes and gets Will Rogers, even if he could win a game or two additional and maybe put him in a position to get back to the ACC title game, I think then you run the risk of, of Dabo looking like somewhat of a hypocrite who's told us all along that Cade Klubnick is going to have a long and successful career and Clemson is going to be a great one. Um, and then he turns around and says, yeah, but you know what? Will Rogers is better than you, and I'm going to bring him in. And that's the other thing about the transfer portal. Same thing with Spencer Rattler. We knew when Spencer Rattler stepped on the field and stepped into Columbia, he was going to be the starter, regardless of what Luke Doty or anybody else in that quarterback room did. Same thing here. You bring Will Rogers in there, Phil. You can say if you're Shane Beamer or Dabo Sweeney or whomever that we're going to have quarterback competition throughout the spring and fall. But let's face it, if you're bringing Will Rogers in for one season, you're not bringing him in to ride the bench. And, guys, just to add something else to what you're saying there, Chris, if, if Dabo Sweeney were to take a swing at Rodgers, you may lose two quarterbacks. You wouldn't just be risking losing Cade Klubnick, but you would also then potentially be losing Christopher Vizina. So now we've talked all year about Clemson's lack of depth at the quarterback position. Now you would really be thin. And, again, these are all hypotheticals. We've yet to see Christopher Vizina throw a pass in a Clemson uniform in an actual game in his career so far, only four players have thrown a pass. I'm sorry, yeah, only four players have thrown a pass for Clemson all year, and that's Klubnick, Helms, Tyson, and then running back Phil Maffa. So you may, I think, I think I'm with you, Chris. That would be too much of a risk. I'm not sure I'd necessarily agree with the the hypocrite part, but you might be right there too. But at least from a a depth a depth chart standpoint, I think that's that's too much to risk if you're Dabo Sweeney. Okay, let's hit the phones here for a couple of minutes. Then we'll give you the recruiting report. And then birdies and bogeys and biceps around the state of South Carolina for you. We'll have George. We'll have Robbie. And special guest tonight, two gloves, Tommy Ganey from Bishopville. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Was with him on Wednesday on our Carolina Clemson special down in Florence on our affiliate down there, ESPN Radio 96.3. And uh, was it 96.7? No, 96.3, no, 96.3. Right? Yeah, right. I thought I had it. And 96.3. 95.3. 95.3, that's right. Uh, the big talker down there with Ken Ard. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yep. Tommy to be with us as well. And uh, look, looking forward to hearing some great golf talk there. But let's go to 
Gamecock Larry one final time before the big game. I'm sure he's got some great final thoughts for us here as we get ready to kick it off tomorrow night about a little over 24 hours from now. Gamecock Larry, welcome in. What you got for us? I know you're going to have to give me time now. Give me time. This is for the Gamecocks. Three touchdowns, 18 points. Three extra points, 21 points. Two field goals, 27 points. Uh, a safety, 29 points. A pick six, a scoop and score, 36 points. 36 for the Gamecocks. 24 for the Tigers. Now, all you Clemson gentlemen on the all you, I can hear that. Oh, I can hear that in your voice. Clemson, you think they got a great defense. Like I told you last night, they got an ACC defense. They got an SEC defense, or they don't have an SEC offense. And now you're talking about Will Shipley might transfer. He'll be a Gamecock next year. That's... <laughs> well, ah, I'll tell you ah, what. <laughs> ah. I meant Will Rogers, not Will Shipley. Yeah, Will Rogers. No, Will Shipley going to transfer to the Gamecock. <laughs> you may Shipley. <laughs> Gamecock Largo had the last laugh on Mr. Phil, Pat, and Chris. And I ain't heard Smitty, but I know Smitty, he's laughing too. He's a, he's a tiger. He's a tiger. That's all right. 30, what did I say? 36, 24. I think that's about right. Anyway, that's where they go to score. We go, and, and this comic. Suddenly can't see nothing. And oh yeah, Nikki and Donald gonna kiss and make up, and it's all gonna be over there. Go Gamecocks! Talk to you later. <laughs> oh, what a day for Gamecock Larry tomorrow at the Gamecocks win and Donald oh Trump gosh. and Nikki Haley kiss and make up. I'm not even sure Nikki Haley's coming to the game. Has she been announced as coming to the game? I haven't heard that. But that would be big. That might be a too much. Uh, that'd be a, a dream day for for Gamecock Larry, uh, to say the least. So appreciate appreciate the phone call. Great stuff from old GL. All right, let's go to yeah, the but break. We were talking. Let's let's be sure. We everybody yeah. else understands. We were talking Will Rogers at Mississippi State, not Will Shipley at Clemson. Yeah, well, he think, no, he I believes think the next Shipley. Stop from Will he, Shipley. He believes be because of Moffa. He believes because of Moffa that Shipley's gonna. going to ship out. Pat, what you got? Just wanted to add one more quick note. Didn't have a chance to jump in earlier, but I'd seen this stat yesterday, and I know you're a big Packers fan. I know there's been a lot of stuff going on there, Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, whatever, but this stat may make you and other Packers fans out there happy. I thought it was just one of those weird but cool stats. So through 11 games in their – oh, no, not a Stars. All right, Aaron Rodgers threw 11 Mm -hmm. games in 2008, and Jordan Love threw 11 games in 2023. Both had both threw for 2,599 yards. Both threw for 17 passing touchdowns. Uh, Rodgers threw nine interceptions. Love, 10 interceptions. Both, were, uh, both had 21 total touchdowns, and both led their team to a 5-6 and six record. 
So if you had... That's if, amazing. Right? And if you had fans <laughs> as excited as they were, I remember myself included back then, of Aaron Rodgers and the potential he had, I would think you have to have similar expectations now for Jordan Love, or at least that might make you feel a little bit better about him in the future. Absolutely. I mean, if you watched him yesterday, that was a tough place to play. The Lions are having a great season, and their defense is fantastic. Their pass rush is really, really good. They're a very physical group. The way he held up under the pressure, the way he handled himself, the way he can zip the ball, especially when he goes down under, that little three-quarter angle that he takes with his arm motion yeah, that was nice. and can zip it while he's on the move. I'm telling you, and then when when the Packers needed to ice it with um, a first down at the end of the game, he took off on a 36-yard run, uh, displaying his athleticism and his speed. I think all Packer fans, if you don't know, I am a Packer fan for those who just tuned in. Uh, I think all Packer fans <laughs> should be very, very good. And we played yesterday with, without so many starters. We probably had seven, eight starters on the shelf yesterday. So that was a that's the beautiful thing about the NFL. That's why the NFL is so popular, because you just don't know. Unless you're the Jets, you just don't know uh, what's going well, to happen. Divisional games, and divisional games in particular, it's nearly impossible. You can have the Lions taking on the Bears, and the Bears can actually win that game. You know, you, you get college games, and you put conference opponents together, and the best team in the conference, nine times out of ten, is not going to lose to the worst team in the conference. But the NFL, it, it, it can happen. You're right. Absolutely. The competitive balance in the NFL is uncanny. Okay, now let's go to the break, and we'll come back and give you the recruiting report tonight as we head into the weekend. For South Carolina is going to have a massive group of uh, recruits. We've mentioned many of them throughout the week. We'll go back over uh, some of those names here and have an update on Daniel Hill for you as well. we got that coming up after the break here on Sports Talk. Be right back. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. 
Looking for a way to fight back against inflation? One viable way to help your money stay relevant during inflation is through investing. To a new investor, investing can feel like a puzzle. With so many pieces to consider, it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance along the way, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. When you're ready to find the pieces to your financial plan, call 866-739-7064 to speak with one of our specialists or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn about how we can help you identify the key pieces to your financial plans. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC, and not NCUA insured. Not guaranteed by credit union and may lose value. We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is hunting season in South Carolina this fall, and folks need to be prepared from a legal standpoint. That's right, Phil. Everyone always needs to buy their hunting license or fishing license. Everyone always worries about losing their license. Well, now that's not a problem anymore because you can keep your license on your phone. That's right. Go Outdoors SC. It's an app. Look for it on your Apple or Android devices. You can buy your license. You can renew your boat registration, and it's all right there on your phone. Remember, Go Outdoors SC in your app store. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Sorry about that. Time for the recruiting report tonight. I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood for the game tomorrow night. It is time now, however, to be in the mood for recruiting. Here on Sports Talk, brought to you by Seawells. The good thing about this week being over, Seawells back in action on Monday with their daily luncheon buffet. That's right, 11 to 3. I know you've missed it this week. And they will be back at it on Monday. Best buffet in the business, 11 to 2. And if you got something coming up later this winter or into the spring, maybe next summer, starting to make plans for those uh, weddings and graduations or anything else, maybe it's a birthday party, let Seawells and their staff handle everything for you. Their phone number is 803 771 7385 online at Seawells Catering. 
sc.com. So the other night, spoke with Daniel Hill, the running back out of Meridia, Mississippi, and his plan is to be on hand for the game tomorrow night. At least it was earlier this week, and the same on Wednesday night when I talked to him. He's not been to a game in Columbia this season. He wants to be there, but a firm decision as of Wednesday night had not been made. Reached out to him a couple of times a day, no response. So I don't know yet if he'll be there. They're going to be in Atlanta for family, and of course that's on the way to Columbia. So it's possible, it's possible he'll be there for that. This would be the last chance for the Gamecocks to uh, impress him. And he said, really, not a difference maker in his decision if he's there or not, but he'd love to be there for another time just to enjoy things. He talks regularly with Monterio Hardesty and Shane Beamer. Also hearing, really, he said Tennessee and South Carolina contact him the most, but he's been to Alabama three times this season. It's known that his father prefers Alabama, and he's going to announce his commitment at the All-American Bowl on January 6th. But he says it's not just his dad. It's going to be a family situation, a family decision. They'll sit down and talk about it when the time comes. And he'll go with uh, wherever he decides is best for him in conjunction with his family, an emotional feeling, a gut feeling, what God is telling him to do and what's best for him. But, again, a family decision. They'll sit down. They'll talk about it as a family. He does not plan to graduate early. And since he's not announcing until January, he won't sign until February. His season is over. He went over 2,000 yards. He has not, by the way, he has not made the decision. Uh, Per his father, receiver Braylon Staley of Strom Thurmond will not attend the game tomorrow night. He has been a Tennessee commitment. USC target cornerback Cam Mickle. Statesboro, Georgia, committed to Colorado. And some new names on the visitors list for tomorrow night. In the 25 class, defensive end Tayshawn Alston of Henderson, North Carolina. Offensive tackle Solomon Thomas of Jacksonville. Tight end Marshall Pritchett of Raven Gap, Georgia. 26 running back Savion Heider, Woodbury Forest, Virginia. 26 defensive back Samari Matthews of Cornelius, North Carolina. Some of the others who've said they'll be there 25 defensive tackle Sterling Sanders, Blythewood. 25 South Florence defensive tackle Amari Adams. 25 defensive end Anthony Addison of Sumter. Adams, by the way, from South Florence. I think I said that. 25 receiver Malik Clark of Rock Hill. 25 quarterback Ian Grissom of Louisville. 26 offensive tackle Desmond Green of Timberland. 26 offensive tackle Leo Delaney of Charlotte. That'll do it for recruiting. Chris, final quick thoughts. No, you're running me off. I was going to hang out and talk some golf. Oh, if I could, then stay with yeah, us. You don't have to run be off. Fun tomorrow. If I'm so my used. Final thoughts, it'd be fun tomorrow. I'm so used <laughs> to you leaving us. Okay, he'll be with us too. Chris is staying. We'll be back. Birdies, bogeys, and biceps. Four. Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit. And that's when my caddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day. But it went straight down the middle like they say. Well, we've taught nothing but football, football, football. Carolina Clemson, Clemson, Carolina, all week long, as we should. As we love to do, 
But we come to the end of the week, and it's time that we uh, we unbutton the top button, we loosen up the tie, we let the hair down, we pop open a cold one or two, some instances three, and we relax and we talk about the the genteel but still highly competitive game of golf where concussions and typically torn ACLs aren't a concern. Let's welcome in George Bryan III, Robbie Thames once again. George brings the birdies, Robbie brings the biceps, and I bring the bogeys. Uh, Welcome in, George. How are you? Oh, couldn't be better, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Beautiful time of the year. Beautiful time of the year. And let's let's go ahead and get uh, Tsunami Robbie in. Happy Thanksgiving, Tsunami Robbie. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and and uh, and and in the spirit of the Thanksgiving tradition, I might end every sentence with "That goes good with gravy." <laughs> Speaking my language, Robbie. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, I hope you guys had. I, I, I heard a... you. Heard you mention uh, concussion protocols or something yeah. like that. That I can tell you, golf will offer it uh, from the inside out. There's nothing that I know of that'll scramble up the inside of one skull like a, 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 the game of golf. So uh, I do like gravy too. I tell you what, my my belly's still full from yesterday. Well, I hope y'all had plenty to eat and maybe got out to uh, to play a round or two. I'm down here at the coast. It's been a little bit wet today, so uh, I think. Though I did see some people out at Watchesaw Plantation uh, teeing it up in the. In the wet weather, nothing says you can't play golf in the rain, fellas. You got the proper gear and and everything else. Um, I guess what what bothers me about playing uh, on courses when it's raining is it's uh, cart path only. Those are three words. The words, the three worst words twice in golf are "you're still up" and "cart path only." Those two those two uh, phrases really get next to me. <laughs> You're still away, you mean? Yeah, you're still yeah. away. You're still and, away. Uh, Car yeah. path only. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess that is one reason I I uh, got a chance to talk to my wife right before we called, and she goes, "What'd you do?" I said, "Well, I had a good day. I got a chance to play with Wesley." And the first thing she said is, uh, "You let him win, right?" And I said, "Oh, absolutely. It was cart path only." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, that's just an inside joke. Uh, yeah, I always yeah. let it. She always had a problem with me. Uh, I would come home and yodel a little bit when I beat the boys and they were real little. And But that did turn around. So I let him win today once again. She got really irritated with me when I didn't let my kids beat me in golf. That's another story. And and uh, I'll tell you what, I, I was excited. You sent me a text, Phil, and told me that it was possible to have two gloves on. And mm-hmm. rather than uh, you and I and Robbie uh, stand on the tee and – I think it's time to get him on the show if, if indeed he's uh, he's holding on. I'd love to have him on. He could make this Thanksgiving weekend. He can get us started off right. We're, he's we're talking can. about. He's even got his own intro music. About, hey, there you go. Got to turn it up too because this is the number one amongst the favorite uh, fan favorite of all that I know. He gets more accolades, more compliments for being the most fun pro-am partner on the PGA Tour, and I'm it's such a privilege to welcome 
Tommy, two gloves, Ganey to the team. Let's go. You're, he's Welcome, there. Go, go right ahead. Oh, y'all ready for me to start talking? We are ready. <laughs> Welcome in, two gloves. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I, I appreciate you, Phil, for letting me uh, get on. And, and, and plus, I think uh, the first words that need to be spoken is, Happy Thanksgiving to everyone because basically this is the type of this is the type of season that it's time to give thanks for everything that God has given us. You know, Christmas yeah. is right around the corner, but Thanksgiving is the season to give thanks for everything that God has given us and then we'll celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas. But right now it's time to give thanks for everybody and I am privileged to give thanks because I'm glad to be here because without God and my parents, I wouldn't be here. Mm. So in saying that, in saying that, let's get this party started. (laughs) (laughs) So so what you boys want to talk about? Hey, first thing I got, uh, you're all also with tsunami, tsunami Robbie. And he, uh, I know, Tommy, you think I probably am the one that uh, has the big biceps, but it's really Tsunami Robbie. Mm. And so he'll be part of this show. And I, I just got to jump right in. I see you on, on uh, let's see, I guess it's Tuesday or Wednesday at Sea Island. And I noticed you were in the uh, qualifier on Monday. Did they actually make you qualify for – well, a tournament where you're a past <clears throat> champion. Explain. Well, well, see, listen, this this is the deal. I didn't I didn't ask for a spot. Um, I thought the way it was looking that I wouldn't need to ask for a spot. So that's on me for not asking for the spot. But I was first or second alternate going into the Monday pro am. So I said, well, I mean, if, if I'm first or second alternate, I might as well try the Monday because you never know. I mean, the Monday qualifiers. I mean, all the guys can play. You just never know. You might get hot. You might shoot 64, 65, and you get a spot. And then you don't have to worry about somebody pulling out to get a spot in the tournament. So that's what I tried to do. So I got a lot of practice that day. Hmm. Ended up shooting (laughs) four under. And it was a playoff with like eight guys, I think. Um, What was it, like uh, three, three for eight or something? Like eight spots, eight guys from three spots or something like that. But, you know, I was just trying to, you know, qualify that way. That way, that way I didn't need to wait around. And, you know, listen, when you're not in these golf tournaments and you're an alternate, the worst thing that you can possibly do is wait around and have somebody else pull out of the tournament to try to get you in the tournament. That, that is the worst thing about playing professional golf if you're an alternate it is so bad it's so nerve-wracking because you're waiting on somebody else to get you a spot in the tournament and that that's not the way it should be i mean you should if you got a chance to get in a tournament you should take advantage of that chance and i tried to and i got into playoff we played this par three i think it was number eight twice and then when i got back the third time to get ready to play the the guy told me, he said, listen, he said, you you can go now. Hmm. And I said, do what? He said, you can leave. 
I, I said, do what? I, I don't understand. He said, you're in. He showed me the text message. I said, dude, listen, all you had to do was tell me that I'm in instead of you can leave <laughs> or you can go. I mean, so if he said fellas. you can, you know, you can, I mean, you can leave, you know, that can mean a lot of different things. But if he says you're in and you can leave, then that's fine. That That's all good. But he said, well, you can leave. And I'm looking at him and saying, dude, what what happened? I mean, explain. And then he showed me the text, and I said, okay, I'm good. I'm in. So I left. And then uh, a good friend of mine, Curtis Thompson, uh, I think it took him like the fifth try on that par three, and he got he got the, one of the last spots. So that was good to see. But also, I, I always, always say I don't like to wait on somebody else to get me in a tournament. I like to take it in my own hands and try to get in it myself. Oh, amen. And Matt Atkins also got in from Aiken. Matt ended up making the cut. But so just to set up, Tommy uh, Tommy Ganey is a former RSM champion, and the champions typically are extended uh, a spot into the field. And what Tommy is saying, correct me if I'm wrong, Tommy, but you didn't you did not uh, accept the sponsors invite or request one you just assumed you would either be in the field so then it didn't work out in your favor that way turned out you got bumped or nudged just outside correct that that's correct i i didn't send a sponsorship letter uh to try to get in the tournament um i was in for a while and then all of a sudden it went absolutely crazy and then i got out by seven or eight and then it just started then a few guys started dropping but when when that happened, um, you know, I just tried to do the Monday. I mean, I needed to get some practice in anyway, so hmm. I, I tried to do the Monday. I like the golf course. Brunswick Golf Club is really good. That that's first off, it's a really good golf course. It's a it's definitely a challenging Monday qualifier golf course. And you know, I shot four under. I mean, the weather was kind of suspect. I mean, it was cloudy. The wind was blowing fifteen to twenty. So it was very challenging, and I shot four under, and I think there was one guy at like six under, and then everybody else had to try to get these last three spots. So um, that, that's just how it goes sometimes. I mean, you just never know. But when you got the opportunity to try to make it, you need to take advantage of it. And I, and I tried to take advantage of it, and it just so happened that I got in while I'm in the playoffs. So, you know, I'm I'm – I was very, very pleased that I didn't have to go in into another one or two or three or whatever playoff holes they went. Because, you know, listen, when you're in a playoff, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, that's what something that's something that everybody needs to understand. When you're in a playoff, nothing's guaranteed. Because all the guys in the playoff with you are as good or better. So anything can happen, and that's the scary part of being in the playoff. Well, you uh, you ended up in the tournament shooting ten under par, which uh, that's good playing. At very uh, very unusual scoring situation this year, the uh, turned out to be a score fest, and you got a chance to play the weekend. And Tommy last week. Uh, and 10 under par got, I guess, uh, 
in the mid fifties, top fifty, top fifty five, and Phil asked me a question. I want you to explain uh about the brand new upcoming twenty twenty four season, the numbers. What does a what does the one twenty five mean? What does the one fifty mean? Uh what does the top sixty mean? And then where do you sit in all this and are you having to go back to second stage or are you exempt into finals at this point of the corn ferry qualifier all right well first of all i'm gonna go ahead and knock this out and say listen i'm not going back to q school i'm out i'm 40 years old i'm 48 years old so me trying to go against these young guys in q school for five cards ain't happening I mean, listen, I shot 10 under and played pretty good. I mean, the wor- the best I could have shot is 18 under. You know, I made a few mistakes. I, the best I could have shot is 18 under. 27-1. Okay, let's, let's get that out there. So, basically, what I'm saying is I'm not saying that these guys are, are a lot, lot better than I am, but let's just face it. I mean, a 48-year-old – going against some of these young guys and the way they're playing right now, it's it's a waste of my time trying to go to Q school and a waste of my money trying to go to Q school when these young guys, they, they're probably going to shoot 25, 26 under. And, you know, 10 under don't go as far as it used to. Now, 10 under <laughs> back in the day, 10 under back in the day would win golf tournaments or finish top five. Now you're looking yeah. at 10 under finishing top 40. So that's yeah, a big Tommy, difference. Yeah, and the one thing that it it's not to your advantage when the wind lays down. It was absolutely docile. Everything was set up for those young uh the young bucks to carry it all the way to the flag. The greens were very soft and you didn't have any wind. There weren't turf tough conditions to to make it favorable for you either. Not this past weekend well, anyway. Well, well, you know what, Mr. Ryan, this this is the thing what everybody needs to understand. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty good wind player, but when you have no wind and you have me hitting it 275 and it plugging, and you have these other guys hitting it 330 and it plugging, that's a big difference. That is a big <laughs> deal out here today. That is a big deal. Yeah. Huge, huge. And that's what all these new guys are doing from the PGA Tour University, from these new guys that, that the young guys on the tour – they're hitting at 320, 330, it plugging. Okay, well, that's fine. I'm hitting at 275 and it plugging. You know, 40 and 50 yards, you don't think is it doesn't sound like a lot, but let me tell you something. With these new guys coming out now, 40 to 50 yards, that is a big, huge advantage. And and I'm not trying to make excuses for myself because I'm getting old, hmm. but, the, but the fact of the matter is, it's, that's the truth. I mean, these guys are hitting it that much further, so they're having that much, that less of a club into the green. And when they're hitting a the wedge in, and I'm hitting an eight iron, that's a big difference to me, yeah. at least in yeah. my opinion. But oh, but it's all good. Yeah. I mean, I've had my time out there, so you know, I got a couple more years, and I'll get a chance to have out there at the seniors, so or the champions tour. But hey, you know, I'm, about- I'm just. Hey, you, I've watched you play. It's been it's been a lot of fun watching you play the last few years. At 48 years old, he Tommy holds his own with these young with these young bucks. And 
Which we got uh, again, Tommy Ganey. He's a life member of the PGA Tour. Forty-eight years old. Probably, I'm guessing you're doing a little tune-up for the Senior Tour, which is a couple of years down the road. But you'll have a, you'll have ample chance to play next year. Talk. Go ahead and talk about uh, what the top 125, the top 60. What's going on with the new era and how that's going to shake out in 2024, Tommy? If you know. They make so many changes, okay, well, it's hard to tell anymore. Exactly, Mr. Brian. That, that's the thing that nobody understands. The PGA Tour keeps making these rule changes, and they keep changing the, they keep changing the policy. And when they keep doing that, it really confuses everybody that, that knows what's going on. Like me, see, the, the top 60, uh, if you finished in the top 60 in the – uh, in the fall series, it's like you get in the first two elevated events next year, which you know what that's that's fine. That that that's all and good. That's that's nice. That's nice. But but if you want my honest opinion, I think that these elevated events has been a not not a good thing for the PGA Tour because basically what you're saying is. You're going to elevate these tournaments, put more money in, and have less players play in this field. So basically, you're playing favorites. Right. I mean, right. Listen, there's a lot of sponsors on this tour that have been here through thick and thin. And now you're going to single out a lot of these sponsors and say, I'm going to pick and choose where AT&T you're in, where RBC Heritage you're in, um, Valve Sport at Tampa Bay, you're out. You know, just different things like that. And listen, you it shouldn't be that way. The PGA Tour should be thankful for the sponsors that they have. They should really appreciate them because, let me tell you, with the way this world is right now, and everybody can understand this, this world is in a heap of trouble. Whether it's inflation, whether it's politics, where it's anything else. This world is in a bad is in real bad shape. And you're gonna you're gonna alienate sponsors against each other. I don't think that's the right way to go. You got to appreciate all the sponsors you have because you know what? Some of these sponsors could say, Well, I'm out. I mean if you're gonna treat me like this, I don't need you. I'm out. And that's a shame. Because that's what that's what it's getting to. It's like some sponsors we appreciate you, and then other sponsors we don't need you. Kick them to the curb, and that, and that's a shame. And that's what Monahan has done. And I, I'm not afraid to tell him that to his face. But I, I don't know why he still has a job because basically he has absolutely crippled the PGA Tour. And if nobody else can see this, then they're blind. Well, do you have a? Uh... Do you have a posture about Live? Do you have a uh, – or what are your thoughts about the new Live Tour, Tommy? Well, you know, Mr. Ryan, this this is the thing. You hear so many things about the Live Tour. You hear about its blood money. You hear about its 9-11 money. You hear about all this other stuff. But, but see, this is the thing. The Saudis, what do they have that the U.S. don't? They got plenty of money because they got plenty of oil. And when you have plenty of oil, 
you can pretty much, they can supply the whole world with their oil. And you know what? With Russia and America going against each other right now, Saudi Saudi Arabia is pretty much the country that you can go to that would supply us with oil and and whoever else. But I mean, listen, I don't have a problem with the live. I mean, listen, my brother-in-law caddies for Jason Kokrak. Jason Kokrak is on the live tour. I've got a couple other friends on the live tour. I have no problem with the live tour. Not one whatsoever. Because you know what? One thing that he's done, and I call him D-Rob. His name is David Robinson. One thing that he's done, all the guys that went to the live, you know what they did? They bettered their future taking care of their family. And not one person in this world would ever question you trying to, to do right for your family. And that's what he's done. That's what Kokrak's done, and that's what all the other guys on the Live Tour has done. Mickelson, you can say Mickelson, you can say Kepka, you can say all the other guys. The reason they made the jump from the PGA Tour is they they made a jump to take care of their family. So you know, nobody no, should yeah. throw, nobody should be mad at them for doing that. Because if I would have had the chance, I would have done it too. <laughs> well, and a lot of the folks don't get all of the uh so what's currently going on and and this is uh again I'm I'm not going to I can't speak uh what I don't know much about but the PGA tour and the merger and the, there's a lot of talk about that that now there's going to there's going to be these uh this co-mingling going on and you know I I don't even know what to think or say about it and I'm not sure any of that's confirmed, Tommy. Do you have any any thoughts or do you I, have any information? I have on no that? idea, Mr. Brian. I have no idea. I mean, listen, we we I mean, we thought that when they started talking that they were going to strike a deal. I think we all smart enough to understand that the government, when it stepped in, they said that they're not going to allow this deal. I think we're all smart enough to understand that. But the question is, who is going to step up to the plate? and join the PGA Tour and try to invest or back, I, I don't know what the right word would be or the right or the right word phrase or, or whatever. I, I don't know how you would say it, but who is going to step up and become partners with the PGA Tour and going to try to help, you know, fund? I don't know if fund is the right word. Maybe partner. I don't know if that's the right word. Because there's so many different things that you hear as a player, and there's so many other things that's going on, you don't know what to believe because they said this, that didn't happen. They said this other thing, it didn't happen. So who knows what's going to happen. But the only thing I can tell you is the PGA Tour is in trouble. They're going to need a partner. Now, I don't know who that partner is going to be, whether it's going to be the PIF or Yasser from the Live. I don't know if it's going to be this Boston group. I don't know who it is. I, I don't know if it's going to be some other group that's going to just come out of nowhere and say, well, I want in. It, who knows? I, I mean, I really don't know. And that's the scary part right now. 
Well, Tommy, I tell you what, you are an absolute privilege and a pleasure. Ooh. We only have a few seconds left. This was awesome. And I, I do appreciate you joining us. And I do wish you and your family uh, a wonderful holiday season. And, and you have a good evening, Tommy, okay? All you guys, happy Thanksgiving to you, as I said before. Enjoy your family because, you know, you just never know when we. We got to run. Thank you, guys. We have got to run. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later.